1: the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center and or podcast feed. I'm Ken Afzak.
2: I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm thrilled that there will be another voice after I'm done speaking.
5: It's me. <laughs> <laughs> is there more? Nope. Yes, it's me, Jennifer Landa. I'm back. Back from my vacation.
1: <laughs> Jennifer is the sweetest person in the world. She's like, oh, someone else is on the show today. Oh, Ooh. who is it? I'm oh. back. Jen's back. Uh, <laughs>
2: I was just sad the last two weeks when Ken said, I'm Ken. I'm second. I'm say and I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And oh, no, Jennifer.
5: <laughs> no, I am back I'm running through that <laughs> curtain.
2: <laughs> onto stage, nice. we got
1: a big show planned today because well we had some new stories that we had pulled we we're going to discuss so maybe some other time we'll get to them but uh you know uh good morning america america's morning show uh, i think i don't know it's been a long time since i watched it but the star wars fandom did we had diego luna showing up on the show and dropping the first uh official Star, uh, and or trailer, not a teaser, the trailer. And we're going to talk about that all today. We're going to go in deep. We're going to break it down. We're going to do what we love to do here at four Center. Before we get to that, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Android Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have our Four Center recommends an audiobook we think you to should try out on us. I'm talking fast because I'm excited. I'm <laughs> Star Wars nerd excited. But we are going to catch up. We need to catch up because Jennifer was traveling the world and she's back. Jen, any Star Wars adventures out there in the galaxy?
5: I always say that Star Wars is everywhere. Turns out it's not in the countryside <laughs> of Italy. I was looking. I was looking when we went to Florence in the little marketplace. Um, I'm sure. Actually, no, that's not true. We went into the Lego store in Florence, and there it was. They had their little Star Wars section. So I lied. Star Wars is everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we. I wanted to obviously go to like Como and visit uh, real life Naboo, but. Maybe another time. (laughs) So, yeah, it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful, wonderful food, uh, relaxing. I even managed to shoot some videos during my downtime about Star Wars. So that was fun. But I'm happy to be back.
2: Those were some great videos. And I was watching them and this is great. Wait, was this made in Italy?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Stamped made in Italy. (laughs) Yes, handcrafted. Oh, that, yeah. is,
2: that is that is great. Uh, were the the Lego sets that you saw were they only Naboo based Lego sets to keep the uh, Italy connection?
5: No, one was uh, I believe the Book of Boba Fett the the throne room. Ooh, oh, I yeah. believe so. I had not seen that one in person. Um, there was a Yoda. I, I was trying to to you know check it out, but my uh, my kids wanted to see the Harry Potter and the Frozen section, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Enough toys to go around for all.
5: For every fandom. Absolutely.
1: That's, uh, well, that's awesome. You'll get back there. You'll get to Naboo. We'll all get back to Naboo at some point. Now, Joseph, what about you?
2: Have you experienced or did you find Star Wars in your life this week? (laughs) I have experienced Star Wars. I really like that. It it didn't just find me. I experienced it. Uh, The big thing this week is my wife and I got the chance to watch the first four episodes of the great documentary series, Light and Magic. I know a ton of our listeners have already watched it, maybe watched it two or three times. I've seen people enthusing about it on the Internet. Uh, I know Jennifer got to see it. Uh, It is so great so uh just thrilling inspiring cathartic it is great to hear all of the uh, great stories about collaboration and working together but I'm also really moved about this um this sort of idea of like everybody collaborates and it works really well uh, when there's a, a good leadership team with a vision mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love yes. how much it's in this special that's about everybody working together to solve problems but being pointed in the same direction because mm-hmm. Lucas is is communicating what he wants. And there's just cathartic quotes about him being uh, both creative and practical. And that sometimes people don't expect somebody to be both creative and practical. Mm, <laughs> and I right. feel like that's uh, how I am as a creative type. So that was very cathartic to hear my wife reached over and patted my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, it's okay, you exist. Uh, my other favorite thing is in the the first episode, I just kind of can't stop thinking about is uh the childhood films of a lot of the original island people that they showed in that first episode (laughs) but in particular dennis mirins there's this one freeze frame of him as a child running from a skeleton and it's just like (laughs) it's charming it's funny but like i literally want a print of it like i'm i'm kind of joking but i'm not exaggerating like that's the human condition in one child's fan film of like I'm alive, I'm thriving, but this skeleton's coming for me eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's just a thing of great beauty and just, obviously, uh, endless wonderful things about that. But that was a really inspiring uh, week of uh, thinking about Star Wars through that documentary. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm about, uh, yeah, through first three
1: episodes there. And it's definitely going to be one that's on, on repeat. Uh, it just uh, flows. And I, I saw a lot of people compare it, like, it's a bigger version of Empire Dreams. I, I think it hits on different things in that doc. Like Mm -hmm. you're saying, Joseph, it's a lot of creative people, and uh, you know, from Brian Ward tweeting about how it's affecting him in all sorts of ways. So I think, uh, think that's there. Yeah, as far as those, uh, I was blown away by those those childhood films because, man, that just proves I I, I, I'm not a filmmaker (laughs) or a special (laughs) person. The same thought.
5: It's like oh.
1: yeah watching Phil Tippett do frame by frame you know stop motion stuff I was like yeah no nah, I, I can't I I I don't have that patience I I'd run out the window uh so uh, but then you know I was recording into microphones at 3 go to your mm-hmm. youth that's what you're supposed to be yes. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to be I love I love
2: what you're saying about that Joseph is so good that's a that's a good Star Wars adventure a very good one so how about you Ken did you have uh, any specific life or Star Wars adventures uh that's it that's the
1: one watch light and magic when i could i've been reading princess and the scoundrel which has been a lot of fun i know you're enjoying that book as well joseph mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll do a dive here in four center on that and it's uh it's it's uh if you're an ewok fan jen mm. uh, I definitely recommend uh, the book at least the first hundred pages or so wow. uh we'll see yeah no there's some yub nubbin going on and uh some great descriptions of chirpa and low gray and, and what they bring to the table, both in good and maybe bad ways with low gray. Low gray is an interesting <laughs>
2: character, a little pushy, what? a little pushy.
5: Wow. Okay. Yeah, some
2: high quality Ewok content for sure.
1: Yeah. So it was just fun to kind of read that book and remind yourself, uh, you know, at least me, uh, you know, I'm 83, seven years old. This is what kind of started it all for me. And it has that same kind of vibe. It's a lot of mm. fun, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So there you go. That's our Star Wars Life Adventures. We want to get to the main event here. And the main event is the Andor trailer, like we said, popping up. Uh, Not a surprise because, hey, the show's coming out on August 31st. Oh, wait, we're going to talk about that uh, as well. Some new information. Uh, Diego Luna appeared on Good Good Morning America, announced this new release date for the series, now premiering on September 21st with three three episodes and then unveiled the new trailer two minutes and 24 seconds i've seen longer trailers so i kind of wanted more but then that that's a lot of time to live with this wonderful thing so let's go into the overall reactions here joseph jennifer uh get in here and discuss our thoughts what do you think about this release date change jennifer
5: I was not happy. I was anxious. I thought, okay, we're going to get right into Star Wars, get back into it Uh, in August. I can't wait. Whoa. And then I was also confused. And maybe it's because I've been on vacation. I looked at Bad Batch. Bad Batch is premiering a week after Andor. Wasn't it supposed to be premiering in August? Am I remembering that correctly?
2: They were always going to overlap, right? They were always going
5: to overlap. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, oh, Bad Batch is going to be released in August. Still, that makes sense. They're going to separate, and/or from Bad Batch. But now they're still close together, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but I'm not happy about having to wait at all.
1: It's the wait. It's the wait that's getting you, huh? Yeah. I, I, I respect that because I'm in that boat too, Joseph. You're you're. Uh, are you uh, waiting patiently like Yoda, or
2: are you racing ahead like a, a young Jedi? I think the thing about Jedi patience is you're not just like, I'm a Jedi, so yay, I'm automatically patient. You choose yes. to use the skill of patience. Mm. And I am trying to be a Jedi and trying to use the skill of patience because I'm very frustrated. That was my initial reaction. Mm. Um, I think it, it is just the, the hey, I was really excited for it. Um, and it's less to me about this specific, hey, I got to wait a couple more weeks for Andor. Um, I think I'm just frustrated by I don't want this to be the new reality Mm
5: -hmm. like
2: i get it things Mm -hmm. change and sometimes you just got to roll with them uh but other times you you can i think voice uh, is this a good change and -hmm. i understand like the the all the streaming services are are in conflict and they're you know moving around one another to try to get the the maximum engagement they're moving around their own shows (laughs) as they try to decide exactly how much they want to overlap. But I I also just kind of feel like it is, after a while, it is frustrating as uh, as a fan, right? Uh, You you get the, the date announced and you make plans because you really want to center this in your life. You really want to make it important. And it's frustrating to kind of have the rug pulled out when all you want to do is celebrate. Mm. The thing, and have plenty of time to talk about it. Um, the other thing that I think I need to use some Jedi patience on is the three episodes at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think that might be a schedule thing. That might be uh, about really getting the exposition out there of really saying, like, "Hey, once the three episodes are in, now, now we're kicked into high gear, so you don't have to worry about any sort of people talking about it starting slow." Maybe mm. that's the reason. But then I also you also pull back, and there is this this uh, brewing. A conflict between the uh, the binge model and the weekly model, and right. Netflix is like claiming up and down, like, no, 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 we're committed to the binge model, but we did break Stranger Things four <laughs> up into two chunks, but that, yeah. but it's still the binge model, and I think kind of all the other streaming services are on the other side saying, no, we're all, we're all about the weekly model, except two episodes mm-hmm. is a is a big premiere, three episodes is dabbling with the binge model, in my opinion.
5: Right. Right. And, uh, and,
2: you know, I'm not as big of a fan of the binge model. I, I think uh, it, it, it's harder. It's it's great that we get to get more uh, story and we get to gobble it all up. But I feel like if they're created as discrete episodes, I want to have the time and the space to absorb them as discrete episodes. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I'm kind of remixing what you both just kind of talked about. As a Star Wars fan, you know, I'm really bummed. And look, hey, you know, do you complain about free pizza? Well, you know, if the wrong toppings are on it, you still might. I understand that point of view. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm kind of bummed. I was really excited. I'm just really excited for the show, right? Very excited for the series. Uh, I was so excited when the news started to emerge that we're getting a trailer tomorrow morning. It's like, oh, we're so close. We're right there. So, yeah, it's a bummer. And I think it's okay to own that uh, bummed feeling. Uh, kind of like what you're saying there, Joseph Anjedifer too. Just uh, really owning what we're feeling. Now, you know, uh, jokes aside, uh, you know, I am uh, I am uh, running a House of the Dragon and Rings of Power podcast these days. Oh. that Are kind of revamping it, so I can <laughs> live with a little extra space. But that's personal. That's <laughs> not. Oh, that, right. That's not. Uh, that's not right. But um, yeah, I think uh, yeah. I'm just gonna add to kind of what you're saying. I, I think the cynical side sees it uh, as as a release day wars with the other streaming services. Uh, a little bit of Disney's feet stepping on their selves, on their own feet with their slate of programming, trying to figure out what works best there. I, I don't know what the stats are showing them either way. Um, it, it is what it is. And it's a high stake game. Obviously, we get that. I, I, I know for a fact uh, HBO pulled a, pulled one when they put House of Dragon on the 21st of August and Amazon had no idea that was coming. <laughs> and it really upset a lot of things. Uh, really upset a lot of things. And and uh, they had they had uh, rings of power had had put their flag on that uh, September release. HBO said, "Cool, we're doing this." And and that's just kind of I guess where we're at. So uh, yeah. it's just the state of it. Um, the one thing I guess the positive I, I kind of. With you, Joseph, there, I I don't like the binge stuff, but I also was the kid, uh, you know, my mom would try to let me open up Christmas gifts the week leading up to Christmas, and I'd say no. My sister would unwrap them all. I would say no. I want something Christmas morning. Uh, But, yeah, the three episodes, I want to be able to live with it. But it does, I guess, the positive is help control a little bit of the uh, discourse and narrative. Uh, in, in in today's uh, kind of fast moving pundit world and fan world, I don't think that's the reason they did it. But if it's a uh, positive byproduct, I'll uh, I'll sit on that uh, that uh, space and, and kind of try to enjoy that as it as it as it as it comes, I guess. But yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely, yeah. The uh, the three episodes, I'll enjoy them. I think it does have a good benefit of the show will be kicked into high gear by the time it mm-hmm. goes uh, weekly. And yeah, just a little bit of patience to wait for. Andor. So my frustration is less about Andor specifically and more about just the like <laughs> the reality is I don't trust any release dates. Mm-hmm. They've told me when Bad Batch is premiering, and I'm like, cool. I don't believe you. <laughs> you're now <laughs> right. like my friend who says, like, of course I'll be there, uh, you know, to help you move. And you have those friends who say that to you, and you're like, Yes, they will be there an hour early. And that other friend, like, you will maybe be there in time for pizza. And yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the Streaming release dates are now the friend who might be there in time for the pizza after the moving party. I don't trust you. It's not smart to, for Bad Batch and Andor to be on the same night, I think. No. And with them moving everything around, it's like, cool, you've told me the release date of Bad Batch. Don't believe you.
1: Yeah, I once had a friend who was on the way to see one of my comedy shows, called me from the road to get parking instructions, never showed up, saw a restaurant on the side of the road, decided to go there instead. <laughs> oh. And the next day I was like, where were you? She's like, ah, me and my friend, we got hungry, so we went to dinner instead. So, oh, Bracing that the is, binge model, yeah. Yes, that is, yeah, yeah, and binge oh. dinner, that is the release date information. I'm, I'm with you on that there.
2: Yeah, yeah, so mm. thank you for uh, letting me work through my feelings. I will now try to rely on my Jedi patience and move on.
1: Hey, you know... Pizza for everyone at some point, at some point. Uh, Well, uh, we are going to dive into the the trailer specifics and go beat by beat. Uh, Before we do that, though, we always love to get in to the overall reactions to the trailer, see what's going on there. I'll just say this before I pitch it to you, Jen. This was a two English muffin breakfast trailer for me, uh, as in I just kept rewatching it. So might as well keep eating breakfast. Uh, I had so much fun with this. I call this trailer when we have to look up uh, mm-hmm. and so many great themes there, Jen, uh, let's get your overall thoughts on this trailer. And by the way, I its it's great to have you for these big trailer discussions. We haven't done this in a while. I know it worked out
5: perfectly. What what are the chances? Uh the stars aligned. I will say, and I only watched it, I think, four times, and I wanted to keep watching it. Like you're saying, I could have I could have continued. I had to take my kid to art camp, break it up. Um, but I felt overall it was so cinematic. It was mm-hmm. it was like watching. A Star Wars movie and no shade to the other Star Wars series, but I could tell it felt very epic. It felt, uh, you know, they're shooting on location. Uh, the music Whatever that song was, mm-hmm. it reminded me of like a horror movie. And I was, tr- I, I swear, I was just thinking about it before we started recording. I'm like, where mm. have I heard that kind of like n- <laughs> that note? I've heard that before in either a trailer or from a horror movie. I can't think of it now. I'm sure I'll think of it over the next week or so. Um I loved the the social commentary. This this is gonna be talking about things that are relevant to our world. It's not just, you know, pew pew and and whatnot. This is, this is as Star Wars always is, right? It's it's mm-hmm. got that kind of deeper layer that you can dive into that we appreciate. Um and immediately after I watched it the first time, I ran over to my husband who was in the kitchen. I'm like, you have to watch this. You're gonna actually want to watch this with me. I'm not gonna have to make you watch it. Um and he was like, Oh, okay. So then he watched it. We we started chatting about it, and that was really fun because he he didn't get into the book of Obi um and mm. and uh, uh, Kenobi, and so this I'm excited to be able to share this with him because he really enjoyed Rogue One. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: mm. yeah. We might have to do an entire episode on the Rogue One of it all. Uh, of yeah, feel that movie has the look, the feel, the the tone, whatever. It, it, it definitely taps into certain. Um, certain side of star Wars, which is wonderful. Wow, love mm-hmm. all that stuff. Great, th- uh, great thoughts there. Uh, Joseph, how many English uh, muffins did you have for this trailer? Uh, I
2: had, I had two as well. Uh, not metaphorically, but also literally, uh, we are aligned in our breakfast choices these days again. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So you have to tell me what you're eating for lunch and maybe we can get all synced up. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> But yeah no this was this was great any any sort of uh wrestling with the state of release date the industry realities that I had were uh kind of washed away by the actual excitement over the trailer. I think overall things that I loved is is the grit i mean I mm-hmm. can just like I felt like there was dirt in my teeth
5: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
2: you know after after watching this, it is so getting into that grounded uh rogue one vibe and also kind of what that what that means right not not just gritty in yeah. it's cool it's brutal or whatever but the it is a dealing with real people real experiences down on the ground so for me i thought it was like um i really liked how much the uh the trailer seemed to emphasize this idea of kind of horror and hope um Mm -hmm. and I think Jennifer you're so right the music does sound you know terrifying those kind of horns of doom (laughs) slightly (laughs) off make you slightly nervous at the beginning and then there's those little kind of tentative notes of hope it's a very different style of music but it still evokes that like this is a dark time but is there even the possibility of clawing at some hope is the overall emotional vibe to me I love once again that we're really focused on the kind of these two different worlds—people uh, who are clearly uh, workers, clearly mm-hmm. connected with the earth, connected to the day-to-day, connected to reality—and then this great contrast of seeing Coruscant, seeing Mothma and these other characters in these just regal spaces, just carefully designed, and like there's like you know a, a nice little uh, kind of art-designed tree in one of those spaces on Coruscant, and like you mm-hmm. see that, and you compare that to the dirt. Right. And Mm -hmm. like I watch this trailer and I see those just columns of steel that are uh, Coruscant or space metal and think like uh, those people I saw earlier in the trailer, they dug up that metal, you know, Mm. to make that world that the Imperials, the rich Imperials hanging in the sky are living in. And those politics are just so right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Other uh, couple of big picture reactions is just I love that we're getting more and more Mothma. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. every time we get uh, more perspective on her, more tension, more outfits. <laughs> that <laughs> shot of her blue jacket in the Senate with the sad Imperial logo on the pod might be my favorite shot in the trailer. I'm so excited uh, for the Mothma. Uh, and final big picture reaction, I really like that it ended with those multiple flashes of Andor doing lots of different things because I'm mm-hmm. all in for Andor's uh, slow joining moving away from nihilism to being mm-hmm. all in to the cause but i also want that forward movement of seeing a tense spy thriller war where uh, it's an ensemble but our main character and or goes on multiple missions mm-hmm. mm.
5: Mm. Yes.
1: yes yeah yeah there's this uh yeah, there's something about that that's so right, especially the like even the final shots of the Tie Fighter and the kind of the 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 red flame like sky behind him. It's like, oh yeah, th- don't forget, there, there's some action coming. He's not just going to sit there <laughs> contemplating his future. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, yeah, it's not just going to be like a sad music video where he's on a hill all the time. He's going to do some stuff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, wonderful. I'm with you both on on this ominous music and, and just kind of the mood that it creates. It's some great stuff. Oh, so good. And, you know, I always, uh, much like release dates, I don't trust all the trailer music because sometimes it's just for <laughs> the trailers and we'll have to find it somewhere else. Right. Uh, but loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And, and this trailer set in the tone of, of the show and, and the importance of this time period, I think the stress, the espionage angle, just kind of the weight of it all really kind of uh, mm-hmm. shown through for me. Uh, there's obviously like you, like you're, you're discussing there just a lot to learn character wise lessons to learn for all of us. And, and, um, I don't know. There's something about it too, where it's like, I know things turn out kind of good for the rebellion. Right. I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen some of the other films. Things seem to go. Okay. <laughs> I just really, um, I want to play around, not just studying this time, but just this, this, this world in which one false step could bring it all down.
5: Mm-hmm. And, and,
1: and I really felt that with Mothman. And i like to there was a, you know, you get a, some of those little press emails that go out from like Disney and they have like the pictures that you can download uh, like 10 of them went out. The only one I downloaded was the Mothma one. <laughs> <laughs> There's something so great about it. A lot of it there. We're going to talk about the course of it all here in a bit. And, and all that saying this idea of this one false step. That's why I also love uh Saw Gerrera being there. We'll, we'll talk more on that later, but just uh, him kind of showing up when everyone's like, all right, be cool, be cool. We got to figure this out. And he's like, hi, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. I have uh, a perspective.
2: Yeah. yeah. And And I think one of the things that just makes me feel like Cool. I would love to see this now is seeing so many of these characters that we we kind of don't know. We don't know. We can make guesses about their relationships. You know, Mm -hmm. you can find maybe here or there on the Internet what their names might be. Uh, But I'm just so anxious to meet the characters we don't know yet.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one negative from this trailer. No time grappler. (laughs)
2: come on yeah i need some time grappler grunting going on as he does in the teaser right away (laughs) at the beginning yeah
1: well put together trailer that's our overall reactions to that and the news but we are going to get into the trailer specifics joseph uh man what do you got for us here this is going to be a lot of fun diving in
2: yeah, yeah, I want to make sure that we could kind of talk about some of the big picture things. So I dive dove into the trailer, not going beat by beat and analyzing uh, everything. Uh, if there, I'm sure there are plenty of Easter eggs and great spots. Uh, to see Star Wars pundits talk about all the Easter eggs, but I want to go to some kind of the, the big ideas. So I want to start here early in the trailer. Uh, we see a young boy sneaking into what appears to be maybe an Imperial facility, and we have been told in interviews with Tony Gilroy that there is a time jump in the show that we do see the fate of Cassian's home planet And then we jump into uh, Cassian's adult years, you know, five years before Rogue One, where the majority of the story takes place. So uh, what was your your gut reaction to this kid? Did you think it was young Cassian? And if so, is that exciting? Jennifer, what were your thoughts on this kid?
5: Yeah, I immediately thought it was young Cassian. It kind of reminded me of uh Ray actually, you know, poking around uh in the Star store. And I, I what I liked about it and immediately I started thinking, are they gonna de-age him? How are they gonna do this? Is this gonna be a kid who's gonna be portraying young Cassian? Um does he, does like he just the, look younger without his like beard, you know? <laughs> I
2: like the idea that we're gonna get to the point where we're gonna attempt to take like a thirty-something man and like we can make him look
5: like a six-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's where I went to. I was like, well, what is that going to look like? I mean, Diego Luna does look pretty young, but does he look yeah. that young? I, I'm,
1: um, I'm laughing because I don't know if you both watch uh, are watching the courtesies of what we do with the shadows where, where uh, Colin Robinson, the energy vampire, is, is a younger version of himself and it's just almost intentionally bad. It's just yes. him on it. It's just, uh, so now to picture Luna just kind of wandering around a kid's body. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Oh, there yeah. you
5: go. No, but I, I loved it. And the reason why I'm glad that they're going to be focusing on his childhood is because he speaks about his childhood quite extensively, not extensively, but often in Rogue One mm-hmm. is the reason why he's in this fight. And so he makes that very clear to Jin Erso. So let's see it. I want to see that on screen. And and it sure looks like we're we're going to get that.
2: Yeah, no, I still agree with that. I think one of my favorite lines of Rogue One is that I've been in this fight since I was six years old. He, mm-hmm. He's he's clearly there's clearly so much going on with Cassian through the film. And then that's the explosion. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that uh, great fight with Jin where he's never had the luxury of looking away. You know, I think uh, right. seeing this kid in and knowing that we're going to learn about his planet, if that is young Cassian, big caveat. There's that I- the idea of the the power of it and the pain of it that the horror came to him. Right. Mm. that He didn't have any choice when he was young. He experienced things that were not his choice. Right. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think what's really intriguing to me is that, you know, when Rogue One came out and that six years old, it felt like he's been committed since he was a kid because he had no choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm really interested in seeing, you know, if that is young Cassian, he looks a little older than six. Um, and seeing the experience where I think in real life, when, when awful things happen around you, sometimes your reaction can be, well, okay, then, then I become an activist immediately because I know the truth because I don't have a choice. Um, but I think sometimes it's just like, if, if you encounter horror early on in life, you just say, well, that's the world. And what are you going to do about it?
5: Hmm.
2: And knowing that this might be a journey, uh, of seeing what drove a young man to go, yeah, the the the, the whole galaxy is awful. It's, you just got to get by. It's not my problem. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see what will the storytelling be to set up that, you know, kind of young push towards cynicism. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, Ken, on young yeah. Cassian? Oh,
1: man, right there with both of you on this. Uh, I wrote down that line. I've been in this fight since six years old. And yeah, I agree with you. A little older than six, but give me, give me that sweet, sweet prologue. Like, <laughs> that's what I want. And yeah, you're right. It could be, you know, his his cousin. But I, it just makes sense. And I love what you're saying, too, Joseph, this idea of like uh, what that line meant then when we saw the movie in 2016, getting more information along the way, including either, you know, uh catalyst which didn't really feature it and or we're just going to get more information of the picture and then getting the, the rogue one novelization which i think added more to cassian's character as well you get the bigger picture but i love your saying of like it, it was here it's on his planet you know it's like the empire was there it was mm-hmm. it was in the industry it was in his family we know his family is in his, uh, a part in this industry and and him just wandering around whether or not that's just a, a quick little flashback or an entire part of an episode I, I don't know don't care just what it represents in this trailer is very important the empire Was there, Um, and and there's this the shot of the shoes I want to talk about. Um, (laughs) Yeah, go for it. Well, uh, you know this these great shot of the shoes. You know, just basically is leather with a rope tied around them, and it almost looked like a burlap sack cut into socks. Uh, Made me think of the story. I'm sorry if uh, I'm trying to make the short, but like my my my, my late grandfather had told me stories as a Circassian soldier being being held captive by by the Nazis, and shoes. He would talk about the shoes being a big difference. He told me all the Russian and Ukrainian circassian uh, soldiers like him had bad footwear and mm-hmm. had their hurt, uh, their, their feet hurt. And he remembered the pain in his feet. He would tell, he goes, oh, he would in, in his in his accent. Oh, Kenny, Gany my feet, my feet, my feet. He would tell me that story all the time. And then he eventually I, I've shared some of the story here on this uh, show before. He was press ganged into the Nazi army. Uh, they they, for, they put him in the army. He did eventually escape uh, when he had a, had the chance. But he would tell me. One of the last things he did before he marched off to, to, to go into that army was give his boots to a Circassian uh, soldier left behind mm. and how that, 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 that guy cried um, as, as he put on my grandfather's boots. And he said once he got into the Nazi army, he said, they, I was never treated as, as good as I was in that army. The clothes, the food, the quarters, it was this luxury. They, they just the, the difference was what was scary almost. And I'm mm. and, and sort of focus on the feet as he's going into the empire and use the line from Cassian and, and get the the fat, stuffed, emotionally fat, stuffed mm-hmm. imperial drink and coffee. That's exactly the core of what's going on. And mm-hmm. and and the, the bad shoes are everything to me. Um, not just a personal story, but it's just it's just very, very real in the core of what this Star Wars story is. Why the importance of this story is. Why are we going back to Cassian? We saw him die in Rogue One. This is why that we can continue this story of the Imperial oppression in the galaxy at this time and why it was important to rebel. It wasn't just a cool thing to do on the playground. There's reasons behind it, there's a, there's a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
2: is it's such great storytelling to focus on that detail that is the kind of detail that is just like essential to being a sentient being living mm-hmm. in in like just the basic uh, decency of, of of what is needed to survive is footwear but that kind of thing If if you've never faced not mm-hmm. having decent footwear is the kind of thing you take for granted right that mm-hmm. you can't have the empathy to be like imagine you were just always in pain simply from walking it, yeah. it is really powerful I'm, I'm so glad you shared that story ken
1: yeah and just a great little detail great little detail. i mean beautiful sad tragic detail but an important one yeah
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, that continues the general thread of of Gritty and of Connected to Reality. And I feel like one of the interesting things about this trailer is it was really reminding uh, people that it's connected to Rogue One. This trailer was just screaming at your husband, Jennifer, (laughs) 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 when it had that bit of text that says... From the creators of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So really driving home that, it, hey, if you like Rogue One, you'll like this. But how do we feel about that? It is this kind of open secret that Tony Gilroy was not just, hey, I did a little rewrites, but he was heavily involved in the final product that is Rogue One. Uh are are we just happy to see the, from the creators of Rogue One or is there any sort of tension with the, the complicated history? How do you feel about that, Jennifer?
5: Mm, Oh, that's an interesting point that I, I, gosh, I hadn't really thought of. I mean, I just, I, sometimes they do it like from a business standpoint, like, you Mm -hmm. know, the, the, Person says, Well, I want people to know this is my thing, put my stamp on it. Uh, but I, I felt like it was just a really smart marketing thing mm-hmm. where it's going to reach the regs who are not obsessing over Star Wars all the time. Uh, I, we have a, a friend, my husband's friend, who really, I mean, they like Star Wars. He's not really like catching everything, not every movie, not every series. But I remember he said, He's like, Rogue One. Now that's a Star Wars movie I really like. He's like, Mm -hmm. I want them to do stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I think about him. When I saw that, I went, oh, well, I know that Jeff is going to really enjoy this series (laughs) because he really loved Rogue One. (laughs) So I just, I think it's, I just think it's, it also, to me, it paints a picture. Rogue One was also not, not for kids. I wouldn't really Mm -hmm. recommend it for, for younger kids. Not that some of these series are, but you know. It's an old it skews a little bit older. So I think that's also a way to let people know like, hey, you're not going to be watching this one maybe with your with your five year old right? This is, yeah. this is an adult series or young adult series. So <laughs> marketing from a marketing point, I think it was very, very smart.
2: Yeah, I think it's a great uh, marketing point, makes uh, total sense that they would want to say, hey, Jeff, this one's like Rogue One. Don't have your kids watch.
5: Uh,
1: Ken, what are your thoughts? I love Jennifer's perspective on two things here. Yeah, because being not a parent, I I wouldn't immediately pick up on the the clue to who not to watch it with, <laughs> star Wars. but you're so right. And, uh, yeah. And that's just the reality of it. Yeah. We, we love being in the star Wars bubble. We're going to continue to, I got a sofa, pull out sofa in the Star Wars bubble. I ain't leaving, but th- we're, you know, there's people like your, your husband, Jeff, we're not going to pick on them. We, we, that's a, that's the general audience. We need mm-hmm. them to watch. Yes. these shows. We don't get more of these shows. And I love that. I think it works from that point of view. I, I did think of it initially, uh, Joseph, uh, uh to your question of, of, um, I, I, saw, I saw some people, even some comments on our YouTube videos, there was one comment about, I'm kind of bummed, like, why wouldn't Gareth Edwards direct one of the episodes? And I, I just never stopped to think about that. And I'd even throw a little a little bone there for uh, Gary Whitta, who had a lot to do with the development of, of, of the overall Rogue One story and, and that screenplay before a lot of the changes. And yes, writers, you know, hop on and off projects, or are mm-hmm. asked to hop on and off projects, I should say, or forced. Um but hey, I don't know. History is written by the Victors, right? So Tony Geroy won.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: won. So welcome uh,
2: to Hollywood. What's your dream? <laughs> I think right. maybe that is my emotional reaction of like, yeah, I, I think it was early in the the Disney era, I think, uh Uh, If all the reports are to be believed that, you know, Tony Gilroy came in and not only uh, rewrote part of the script, but directed a huge amount of the reshoots. Right. Yeah. And then Gareth Edwards was just a champ about it. Right. He is so nice, so friendly, so supportive, went out there, celebrated the film uh and i think there was just a little bit of cognitive not cognitive that's a little bit of like yay that's that's the way it goes uh Mm -hmm. tony gilroy was heavily involved in the final product of rogue one they do want to let uh all of the jeffs know uh all of us who liked rogue one know that yeah not only is it like rogue one it is from the same creators so if you liked it that all makes sense for me but it's also just like they've never officially come out and said Actually, Rogue One should have said directed by Gareth Edwards and Tony Gilroy. But we Mm. we didn't say it, you know. Um, So I think my main reaction to it was, I think this is great. That makes it clear to the general audience. If you like Rogue One, you'll like this. And also made me look up, when is Gareth Edwards' next film coming out? I'm going to be sure to go and support that. It's (laughs) called True Love, and it's allegedly coming out in October of 2023. But we'll see if that date changes. Uh, But he's got another movie coming, and I just think he's... It's hard to be an artist and and deal with uh, uh, talking to the public and putting a a spin or positivity on how hard Hollywood can be behind the scenes. Yeah. And I I enjoy his work and I think he did a great job uh, of being an emissary of this movie. So I want to support his next movie coming out. Hmm. Uh, Any other thoughts uh, before we move on? No, I think it's a great way to look at what, what
1: Gareth did. It was so early on in that era, right? And, and bigger controversies followed. But I, the, I remember hearing back in the press days uh, around the office here, uh, you know, Gareth knew how to play ball when the situation got bad. He just had a he sucked it up and played ball. And that's why he was uh, still involved. And I, I think you're right. He went he put his best face forward, Joseph, and just kept saying, yep, believe in this, believe in this. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for that.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so we got to see and understand a whole lot of Luthan. Uh, he has a great quote where he says, Cassian Andor, the Empire is choking us so slowly we're starting not to notice. Uh, he appears to be a rebel operative, Luthan, uh, capable of blending in with the high society of Coruscant to meet with Mon Mothma. What does this clarity add to the character to see him kind of operating in multiple worlds? And we see him talking to Saw as well, of course. We'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about Saw in, in a moment, but right now I want to concentrate on, on Luthien and seeing these different aspects of him. Ken, did you feel like you understood who was was more from this trailer i think he was the star of this trailer actually i really mm-hmm. I really
1: think it wasn't and by the, your quote that was a great that was a great luthan i love that he's <laughs> catching ender like we're already not <laughs> pronouncing the names correctly like he's gonna be it's endor ender. <laughs> um, loved everything about it i see him as this this bridge between the the two worlds uh or all the worlds so he's a bridge bridge uh to every direction we need to go uh, this is key to the movement and the fight that's coming. Uh, and so it just kind of positions him well in the story. This trailer really just puts him right in the center. Uh, yes, it's truly a show that is Andor in the title. We see Andor, the most Andor we've gotten so far in, in, in trailers and clips and everything. Like, he's got a lot of action. It centers around him. But as even Diego Luna says, there's so much more than that. There's an ensemble. There's so many characters, you know, and, and to see that Luthan, uh, and, and an actor of, uh, of that gravitas, a favorite critic word, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. It just really works for me. It just really, really uh, fit the tone, fit what I would think a rebel operative or someone trying to start the rebellion would, would be like in that time, along with the Mothmas and the Grayers and all of them. But uh, I just loved it. It was great stuff. and he, And he's already quotable. He's already quotable,
2: Cassie Uh <laughs> All right, uh, Jennifer. What did you think of uh, of Luthen in this trailer?
5: I have in my notes. I'm not being very articulate here. He's all up in this trailer. That was my note.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm all in this trailer.
5: Oh man! But even my husband, he's like, "Wait, who's is, who's is this guy?" Have we seen him before? Because he was, he really seemed like he was the star, um, which obviously he is one of the stars of this show. Um, And then there was a moment where I was like, wait, is that him in a wig? Is that him? I I was confused for a moment, but I'm uh, obviously, you know, he's he's on spy missions. He's doing things. He's putting that black cloak on looking like Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm loving all the different costumes that he's wearing. And what I think is interesting is that we're going to we're going to get some more context on on, you know, who he is why he has become a rebel why he Mm. is is a part of this fight and that i think he's not just this cool gravitas gruff kind of character we're going to really learn about his motivations and that to me is is exciting is that you know in this action spy thriller we're going to get some really good character development yeah i love in this rebellion (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm all up in this rebellion
5: I'm all up <laughs> in this rebellion uh,
2: yeah I think, uh, I, think I, I loved I always loved the actor and I loved his, his grumbly gravitas in the first trailer but it's like how how is he different from Saw right because in right. the first trailer mm-hmm. he just he, he seemed like somebody who's trying to convince Cassian to be all in and, and do what it has to be done and like okay I know he's going to be different than Saw but how and like this trailer was like well here you go um, I also Jennifer had that age old question is that a wig, or is this a time jump? Is that right. uh, is that from the earlier uh, part of the the show uh, when we're in a slightly earlier part of the, the time frame when we're he's you know he has a relationship with Mon Mothma and that's what we're seeing, or is it like yeah I got to go to Coruscant and kind of pretend to be someone I'm not or someone I'm not anymore and <laughs> and I got a wig to do it? Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, what was important to me is to see that he had all of these facets, right? That he was yes. capable. That either he is someone who belongs in the high society of Coruscant, that he has wealth, um, mm-hmm. that he has a relationship with whoever that uh, woman character is who says, you yeah, you're slipping. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not. Um, it, and that he is the one who goes to meet Saw. He's the one who is being a contact for Cassian. The, the fact that he can, if this is kind of about two worlds, that he's the character who can kind of move between all these worlds and characters, um, that made him a different a character to me than Saw mm-hmm. and also it just it's so positioned him is like oh you're the version of Cassian that's running out of time you're mm-hmm. you are Cassian uh, who is going to train Cassian to be Cassian you're, you're mm-hmm. the rebel operative who is going to be the mentor who is going to train uh, Cassian to be like you and I was like Luthen is great this is awesome which episode is he going to die in <laughs> episode 10 11 nice. 12 maybe as early as 6 he's so the mentor He he's this trailer presents him as the model of who Cassian is going to become right mm-hmm no, that's
1: great. And I can't, you know, whether or not there's clues in any Stellan Skarsgård uh, interview of when he goes or when he doesn't go, I, I, I'm i not digging up, up that. I, I want to take it all as it comes. But I had that same thought, <laughs> Joseph, like, right? Like, yeah. oh, you're a goner, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's good to know you, Luthen.
1: <laughs> And yeah, the wig gave is so funny. Like remember when that, that picture kind of came out first. It was like unofficial. Then there was kind of more of an official release of, of him and Mothwa. And they were like, here's the character Luther. And I was like, that's not, look at his hair. It's different. Like, I guess I would have fallen for Superman and Clark Kent. I would just, would have been like glasses on, glasses off. Uh, and I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm predicting wig. I don't know. I'm predicting wig, but I don't, there's just something. Cause I love that shot. Love that sequence when he's putting on the rings and you just feel him kind of going. All right, I got to go into this part of who I am, or this disguise, or this part of what, what what's happening here, um, and what he, yep. whether and I, I like your idea, Joseph, of like he could be someone along with Mothma who is uh, up above and doesn't have to get involved, but has no choice but to, or feels he has no choice. Um, or he is what he is. I don't know. Or, or he's, he's low playing high. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to go with it, but uh, he is definitely all up in it. As Jennifer has said.
2: I love this. Yeah. Story. I mean, that was my emotional reaction. Like who, I'm not predicting who knows? it could be right. a time jump. Who knows? But my emotional reaction is he is somebody who comes from wealth and lives in that mm-hmm. world, but has become disgusted by it. Mm-hmm. And in order to get what he wants, he has to pretend to be a part of it uh, for a little while, but that's not who he is anymore. That was my emotional reaction. We'll see. Mm. Um, yes. And that choking quote is is so great, right? That that could be another just uh, sort of a log line for the show. It is so true of of the history of real world fascism that it gets just a little bit worse. And you're like, well, we can deal with this. It gets a little bit worse and slowly, mm-hmm. and, slowly and slowly gets unbearable. Mm-hmm. So and maybe, I maybe, that was very powerful.
1: Yeah, maybe think of some of those that we've mentioned before, but that, the, the final sequences with Bale and the Kenobi series of just like the Empire getting more more bolder, you know, how how it's right. getting worse.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But perhaps it will get better because Saw Guerrera is here. (laughs) Saw Guerrera confirmed. Uh, We saw Luthan, who is all up in this trailer, also meet with Saw and his band of partisans. We saw a solid shot of two tubes, either Edrio or Benthic, or maybe there's a third twin we don't know about. Uh, In their meeting, uh, Saw says basically uh, that they're doing this for the the greater good. And Luthan replies, uh, call it what you will. And Saw responds, let's call it. War. <laughs> what are we excited for with the confirmation of Saw and that scene, Jennifer?
5: Oh, I was so happy to see uh, Saw Guerrero back. Um, and what I'm I'm intrigued by is, you know, he's considered to be an extremist, uh, and that to me is going to make for a good story. It's going to make him very <laughs> unpredictable, questionable. What are What is he going to do to accomplish his his goal, and what is he going to suggest that they do, or maybe Cassian does. um, I'm excited. I'm excited. And will we see how he got Borghulet? Do we know that story? I'm sure it's probably in a novel somewhere or (laughs) comic that I haven't read. Yeah, I don't think we'll
2: get to no, it. No, no more Gullet Origin would be great. Uh, Ken, what were your uh, thoughts about Saw in this trailer?
1: Oh man, hold me back, hold me back. I probably, uh, I probably should just uh, say a sentence and move on. I love this man, I love everything about it. And, and this is a total paraphrase, but I saw Saw is going, um. Yeah, let's call it war, shall we? Just, like, <laughs> let's start blowing it all up. Uh, and while Mon Mothma's over there risking her life, and she is trying to, to not draw attention herself, you got him over in the corner just going, cool, cool, I got some rocket launchers. You ready? And this is why I love this era, why I love this story. Right. Uh, and if Luth- Luthan is the bridge, saw is the dynamite ready to blow it all apart. And I, he just continues to be one of my favorite characters. One for, I re- I just, I love what Forrest Whitaker has done with the older version of him. I really do. And, and remember when this he first emerged and he was, people had people were poking fun as people do and ha- have your jokes, whatever. I just continue to love it and love this character and, and just his life, his losses, his choices, what they bring to this morality tale. I think, I think it's, 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 um it's very important. It's, it's not just, uh, you know, uh, he, he's, he's, a, he's not just, he's not a bad guy. He, he's a good guy, mm-hmm. but, but he may be how he gets there and, and what happens, uh, you know, he's do, definitely doing anything, for, doing everything for the greater good. Uh, but, you know, what your actions are built on is still important. And and his line that everyone loves, and I know it's a favorite of, of Gary Whitta, he's tweeted it out before. The Empire treats us as criminals, at least I act like one. And that's both, I think, a powerful truth and a bold statement on how to rebel, but I also think it's potentially selfish and, and self-destructive. And, and Mothman's not in that position right now. Luther appears to be stuck between these two ideas on how to rebel. That's where I even took that scene of kind of him going – uh, damn it, I got to go down to Saw and and, 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 and and try to meet in the middle on this. So I'm just intrigued by it's not just uh, ooh, there's that character. It's a, ooh, here's why that character
2: needs to be there. Right. Yeah, no, well Saw, Saw, yes, well said. Saw is, is holding up a big pile of why. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm also just excited to see both him and the Partisans uh, because they provide space fantasy for flavor. Um, mm-hmm. I love Rogue One. I love that it's gritty. I love that th- this is going to be uh, a show where to talk about it is to talk about real life politics because it is so uh, there it's so built on experiences uh, that have happened in our real world. But I still love Star Wars being, you know, the most expensive B-movie ever made. I still want it to be a little bit of an adventure serial. I, I don't want it to feel like yeah, this is the grittier side of Star Wars, but how could this possibly exist with the cantina scene? You know, mm. um, how could this uh, possibly exist, uh, you know, with the um, Montcala a ballet, you know, in Revenge of the Sith? Like, I, I want to, uh, you know, still feel that we're in this wild, strange galaxy of a thousand creatures and a million planets you could never imagine. And not only just having the, the, the partisans be fun, weird aliens, but the fact that Forrest Whit- Whitaker chooses to go to 11 with his mm-hmm. performance of Saw, like yes. mm-hmm. that's why we, that's why we, you know, poke fun at it or I just celebrate it because I, I want it to be not necessarily one to one realism. You yeah. know, I mm-hmm. want characters in Star Wars and performances to be emotionally realistic. I want to know what they're feeling, but I'm fine if the performance itself is not cartoonish, but a little bit elevated. And I feel like that's what Forrest Whitaker does, is just like, this person is is a, a tortured space warrior extremist uh with who, who's losing you know body parts and his soul left and right and i'm going to play that fracture uh and, and it, it's just i love the flavor of it and i hope for more of that and i love this line which is like yeah sure you can call it whatever you want it's war you know yeah. is is so great for that flavor and uh yeah just totally embodying the question of uh not why do we fight not should we fight but how do we fight um and seeing luthan like you were saying ken just uh stuck in the middle of saw's approach and mothma's approach is great and to me it means that it's going to wrestle with some of these big star wars questions of uh how do we fight uh that Mm -hmm. is yes of course the empire needs to be stopped but are we taking actions that we absolutely must or is there a part of us like saw dances on the edge of of like but it's a part of the reason you're doing it because you are furious and you want personal vengeance. And what does that do to your soul? Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I promise i won't talk about Saudi it more. It's fine. I was laughing. You, you said to get a forest, uh, his performance, you, not we don't think it's cartoonish but it could be okay. called cartoonish and i was laughing because like when he was a quote cartoon he was he was more <laughs> put together more kept and, and obviously different performer i just love that forrest came along and i haven't read a lot of his insights into this his choices and i don't need them I, I just love watching an actor work but him going in cool he's breaking because of the burden of all his losses and what he's fighting for this is what he should be this is what he should feel like and sound like and look like it's it's Exactly why I love the character so much. I think you're so right. It it, it adds that Star Wars flavor to a very realistic character.
5: I yeah, was going to say, I'm sorry, go ahead. No,
2: no, please Jennifer, go ahead.
5: I'm just, I'm shocked. I had not heard that people were, were poking fun at his per- performance for being like uh, over the top or whatever. To me, it felt very real and, I mean if you've met people who are on the fringe and who are unhinged, they're going to be in a heightened state. They're not going to be, you know, what's very common in movie acting and TV acting talking like this. And I'm just going to not barely move my lips. Right Mm -hmm. No, like he is in it. He is, his body is in the cause. He is, he is a rebel. And so I want to see that reflected in the performance. To me, it just makes it so much more real that he would be this leader, um, and be very um, heightened. So it's just so surprising to me. Although I like Jared Leto's performance in House of Gucci. So, you know, what do I know? <laughs> I, I actually like House of Gucci. Uh, uh, no, I yeah, really I, loved
2: yeah. House of Gucci. Yeah, anyway, yeah. me too.
5: Yeah. I thought on the plane. I, I loved it. I was like, I've yeah. people and this, you know, so everyone has their own opinions. But yeah. I, I think it really, really makes the character very um, exciting to watch.
1: Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I, I just sorry. I, I, yeah, it was just it was early on. It was just one of those like, oh, what what the hell he's is he doing? Type of meme approach to mm. criticism that sometimes uh, we try to emerge out of out of that <laughs> right. pool. Yeah,
2: yeah. no, I, I totally agree with you, Jennifer. I feel like if my estranged pseudo space daughter that I left alone with a blaster and a knife because I thought it was best for her suddenly reappeared <laughs> in my life, mm-hmm. I would probably say it in the same way. Did you come here to <laughs> it's just it's it is it's just raw emotion it's great mm-hmm. uh, all right we'll have plenty of time to talk about saw let's move on to mon mothma let's talk mothma we get to see her in the senate with an awesome blue jacket uh in a meeting with Luther uh we hear the great quote that she is saying uh to what appears to be another uh, high society a uh, coruscant person as long as everyone thinks i'm an irritation there's a good chance they'll miss what i'm really doing this was one of the highlights for me. Uh, what clarity do you think this line uh, gives to Mothma's role in the show, Jennifer?
5: Oh, that line really hit home because as a woman, especially, I, I imagine, you know, in these types of spaces uh, where there's, there's not as many women or especially in politics, people often seem see women as irritating or their voices shrill all these things right and that to me oh that was very very powerful it's like you you all are underestimating me or, or, or annoyed by me you have no idea what I am capable of and who I really am.
4: Oh, that mm. just,
5: that really, that that made me excited. There, you know, she's going to be a fantastic, I mean, she is a fantastic character, but getting to know her motivations is going to be really exciting.
2: Oh, Jennifer, I love that perspective. That, and that, that makes it uh, so rich. I, I had this weird emotional reaction. I've been excited to see Mothma forever, but I kind of had this uh, reaction this morning seeing this trailer of like, I've known this woman for 40 years but I've been waiting to meet her for 40 years. Like, who is she really? Because we get to see this stoic leader. We get a little bit more uh, behind the scenes in various, you know, books and comics and in Rebels. Uh, But exactly how she handled herself in the Senate, right? Mm -hmm. What was her tactic in this era in knowing that she's letting herself be seen as just a bleeding heart with little pet projects and objections that people can kind of laugh off? there's that question of how exactly is the Senate functioning? Because we know from a new hope that the emperor feels like he still needs it until the Death Star is done. We know that, you know, Vader taking Leia is a little bit of a, of a political risk. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get the sense that the Senate still has some validity, but what is it? Um, and it was really powerful to think that Mothma is aware. Like I am going to allow myself to be the voice of, Of uh, contradiction, the theater that makes it look like it's a democracy and not authoritarianism.
5: Mm.
2: I'm going to be the person that Palpatine can point to and go, see, we're having a debate. It's still a Senate, not just what I say. Mm. And she's letting herself be seen like that so she can do the real work that most people aren't seeing or appreciating. That was really, really powerful. Uh, Ken, what were your Mothma thoughts?
1: Uh, well said on both of you uh, there, uh, Jenna, I really appreciate uh, and respect that perspective uh, of what, what she's doing. It's it, it just kind of that shot of, of her sitting on the couch and the doors close and she's all alone um, mm. locked behind the doors there. This world, mm. so to speak, just kind of, uh, I don't know, backs up uh, what you're saying there. It, it, and I really love what you said. Uh, yeah, Joseph, you're right. You know, we've known this character for so long, if, especially for if our generation. And yes, yeah, it's been a ton of great time. Even, even Princess and the Scoundrel. There's some great Mothma stuff I read last night. Uh, Rebels, so much stuff there. But for Genevieve O'Reilly to say, yeah, uh, you get to see Uh, really you get to go behind the gown, I think, or whatever her exact quote mm-hmm. was. And, and she's just been a statue in a lot of ways because I think she had to and the burden and she's just uh, stoic and maybe withdrawn for for various reasons now to move beyond that to really see this character i just uh, love it and this whole sequence and, and I actually shout out to uh S- shadows of the sith author adam christopher who had tweeted out that the actor is ben miles who she's talking to in that this one moment where he says what are you and what are you doing i i got nerd chills at that moment <laughs> and there was some, is that Valorum, and there's some speculation of who that is i it's probably a new character i think um but uh, Ben Miles has that kind of vibe of a, of a politician, you know, Valorum at the time, uh, ineffectual uh, figurehead or struggling to not be more than that. And, and you have him on the couch going, what are you doing? And her, you know, carrying the burden and the brunt of the rebellion up on uh, the upper side of it. I also, you know, I love as much as I love Saw, you want to yell at him like, look what she's doing. And, and I think Mothma knows the time to fight is coming. She always has the big picture and goals in mind. And that's why I think to me when she smiles when Raddus leaves to fight, <laughs> you know, like, OK, mm-hmm. cool. We're here. She doesn't want to be there. She knows you can't uh, leap there. And, and I think perhaps still holds out hope that you don't need to. But I think it's, that time has slipped away by the time we see her here. So uh, she's out there to find the right path. And she's, to me, risking just as much as Saw and Luthan and from a certain point of view Andor and or in those who've seen this trailer because she's not Noah Jabel. She's risking everything, including her life. She's not just her position and her status. She's she's going to eventually, if she isn't already, risking her life, and that's some of the tension there. So uh, excited for that. Um, that's kind of been present in some of the other materials, but to see it um, uh, on display here, love everything about it.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Is no matter how much we've seen Mothma in other materials, and, and maybe I'm forgetting something, it's almost always what is Mothma doing for somebody else? Is you know, mm-hmm. what mission is she sending somebody on? What is she asking of somebody else? So to get to see. Her fear, her anxiety, her experience, her sacrifices is really, really powerful. Uh, I love what you're saying about how powerful uh, the response is uh, from the actor Ben Miles of like, what are you doing? And you just wanted to turn and go, I'm building the original trilogy of Star Wars. It's uh, <laughs> yes. really, uh, really powerful and very cool. And I think uh, having, having both Saw and Mothma in the trailer it just makes me feel like we are going to get into some of these big picture things of, he saws angrily attacking things here or there but is he really making a difference mothma's the one mm-hmm. doing the work to build something uh, with a long-term view and, mm-hmm. and i'm really kind of curious to see if the show sort of celebrates both or says mothma's way is the way that's going to make a difference in the end mm. yeah
1: and, and and i know we might want to move on, but I, I just want to add, because yeah. a lot of times when I, when I throw out that 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 Guerrera quote about at least I act like a criminal, a lot of times I've seen that before being used to talk about real world things, which might be correct to use it in the way. I get where it's coming from, but it was kind of used to slag off Mothma in that approach, right? At mm-hmm. least saw blowing things up and making a difference. And I think this series potentially is going to show you, it. no, 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 though he's got a greater good mind. He's got some other things he's working on, um, but Mothma is is risking everything. I'm excited for that, and she is taking action.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, uh, Ken, I think we're, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll get to a couple more beats in the trailer.
1: Love that. Before we do that, as always, we want to have a Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. A lot of great books out there. Joseph, what do we got today?
2: Uh, well, we want to recommend The Princess and the Scoundrel, but it's not out yet. So uh, we are rec- <laughs> recommending <laughs> another great book that has just come out uh, that I haven't had a chance to read anything but the first few pages of, but I really enjoyed them. A lot of great talk about it. Uh, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi book, Padawan, by Kirsten White.
1: That's right. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash 4Center. That's audibletrial.com slash 4Center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. We'll be back to talk more and or here on 4Center. Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet that Andor might be sneaking into. We are (laughs) talking about the Andor trailer, everything about it, what it means, what we like, the thrills, the chills, all of it here. Joseph, we got a lot more to get to. What is next on the docket?
2: Yeah, we're going to try to keep cooking by putting all the Imperial stuff in one big bucket. The Imperial presence is obviously huge in the trailer. We uh, we have a return of the uh, emotionally fat and satisfied <laughs> calf drinkers of the Empire uh, being criticized by Cassian. Uh, we have a great shot of a Star Destroyer swooping low over the beautiful grassy hills and people being terrified. Uh, we see a shot of it looks like Luthien engaging with uh, a ship that is the a cruiser based on colin cantwell's original star destroyer designs which is very Mm -hmm. cool uh we see those imperial types in the gray and red uniform and one of them is complaining to another it's fomenting out there sir pockets of fomenting uh then we see this uh young blonde imperial woman and she is heard saying you're in my net are you a fish or are you a thief Uh, and we see a lot of shots of uh of this particular imperial there's a ton to talk about But I want to ask specifically how we're feeling about seeing this uh, young woman imperial, Imperial in live action. In the books, in the comics, we have seen a lot of young women Imperials, but we haven't seen them as much in live action as main central characters. And this character kind of feels like she is maybe like one of the main active antagonists. Jennifer, what are your thoughts or reactions to that?
5: Oh, I loved it. I thought it felt very fresh. I mean, you, we have a very specific idea of what like a Star Wars uh, villain looks like. This is a newer type of villain. The fact that she's young, I, I'm going to guess that she wants to, you know, she wants to move up the ranks. She wants she has craves power. All the things that we <laughs> that we expect mm-hmm. of the Imperials. Um, and yeah, I, I was I was thrilled because it just it paints a different type of a villain that is obviously anybody can be a villain. So why not this? Beautiful, young, attractive woman. <laughs> Why not? Um, yeah, that's what yeah. I got.
2: I think. I, yeah, I'm. Ex- I'm excited uh, to see. Some variety, right? Because yes. the the main active antagonist, and, and we have seen the flashes of uh, what is a little bit more of the stereotypical uh, imperial of the mm-hmm. uh, older, great uh, British European actor, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in in the science lab. But what we're seeing so far from her is that she's like she seems like the one on the ground who is aware that people are doing things and trying to arrest them, trying to stop them. And I love the idea that we might get to see lots of different ways how people are swept up in imperial dogma that mm-hmm. we get to see. The true believers that we get to see those uh, those emotionally fat and satisfied imperials who are maybe just like this is the legitimate government and this is the, the great job and those rabble rousers causing problems blah 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 and then somebody as young and intense as this woman why does she believe and again we've gotten good stories like this in the books and comics but i'm really excited to see why does this woman believe in live action ken what are your thoughts
1: yeah first of all to, to the the first point there is it's about time right inviting everyone to the star wars table means everyone can play evil characters too is, is what I think. <laughs> exactly uh and, and i hope she mentions her cadet classmate ray sloan though that's the one thing I, right. I'm, I'm hoping for that i'm hoping for that uh i know it's a great point joseph uh, and it was Keita's uh, key to this trailer and I, i'm gonna probably echo some stuff you're saying here but I'm, I'm fascinated to learn about you know what either brought her to this fight or what keeps her there uh, and to me, it's 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 interesting. And and Ray Sloan, I, I, one of the reasons she's such a popular character is she represents a lot of this. It's, it's interesting to see when someone that might otherwise fit into an oppressed class in this this case, it's, you know, one based on a presented gender and perhaps her economic and, and social class growing up finds power and then uses it to might uh, you know, uses that power um, that might otherwise be used against her. And that's, you know, we, we don't know a lot about this character and, and it could be a character like Ray Sloan. That's more of like Ray Sloan's background. Uh, it could be like Aiden Versio, someone raised in wealth and privilege and never questioned it until later, if at all. And I, I'm not predicting a redemption story at all. There's a lot of ways to go with this character. We're just looking at what we got here in the trailer. But I'm just fascinated. It's part of this era. It's part of the storytelling, part of what makes Star Wars so important, I think, at times, uh, as well as Borgullet sulliness. Uh, all that's all that's in there. <laughs> But she could represent a lot of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like there's so much in this show that is about family. You know, we don't have Mm -hmm. all the clarity. But for me, just my emotional reaction watching these trailers and these conversations that there's a lot about the connections between different people and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, keeping family members safe, family members expecting something different of you. And it makes me wonder with her if we're going to maybe get an Iden Versio like story where like this is her family. Mm. you know, her family is all in on the empire and she is expected to be as well and has never questioned the dogma. Yeah. Mm. Um, any other Imperial moments that uh, we wanted to react to Jennifer, were there any other Imperial moments that thrilled or horrified you?
5: I mean, the, the calf drinkers just, the <laughs> it was a great. It was a great shot. Um, And in the, the, yeah, the Imperial type, the one that is fomenting out there, sir. I loved that. I, I, I thought that that was just very, um, uh, very british period film <laughs> sire they're coming sire um yeah i, I loved it all i loved it yeah. all and of course i could speculate but um it's just there there's just were a lot of like shots that were there for flavor and just there for like to give us an essence and a vibe and you know i don't even need to know what it is i'm just like yes I like that. Okay, give me another shot of the shuttle. Why not? With this haunting oh, music. Yeah. You know, there just was like, sh- just shots like random shots like that. And I, I couldn't even really start to put together the story just because I was just so mesmerized visually.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's kind of nice to be able to like, well, we know lots of things, but we don't know for sure certain characters. So it makes it, uh, you know, a little bit harder to piece it all together. Mm-hmm. I love that those imperial types in the gray and red uniform. We've kind of speculated before that maybe there's some sort of like, Local planetary force that have been sort of deputized to be the local Imperials, like the community, the Empire using the community uh, to watch over the community kind of um, Mm. infiltration. Uh, But
5: (laughs) the mall cops. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
1: Contracted uh, forces. Yeah, absolutely.
5: Yes. Contracted forces. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
2: And like kind of, you know, uh, sibling against sibling of they convince the the one who thinks the empire is providing order. They get them to join this, you know, imperial uh, watch group and watch over their own people. You know, Uh, that's the vibe I get could be entirely wrong but i just love the intensity of that one <laughs> uh, yeah, pockets of door. fomenting you know saying pockets of fomenting like it's like we all know that turn of phrase and that's the worst thing that can happen you know like, um, yeah i had a great trip but then during the trip there were some pockets of fomenting it's awful <laughs> ken uh, you're a big imperial fan uh going back um <laughs> and i know that you you uh wrestle with uh the meaning of the empire these days, but still you've been a long-term fan of the yeah. characters, the aesthetic, the, the world. So yeah. what's grabbing you?
1: Hey, the toys, man, they got those cool toys and there was a lot of cool toys. Seeing a, a Lambda class shuttle, uh, you know, in, in 2022, a new shot of it. That just gets me excited. Those star Wars, uh, nerd chills show up in a lot of different ways. And that's one of them. I love, yeah, this, uh, this, uh, uh, yeah private security force or local police force or a new kind of imperial maybe they tried out a different color scheme for a while who knows <laughs> we'll find out i love everything about it and uh you got was it's kyle Solar who's um, see a lot of shots of him in all the trailers so far and i, don't, I i've got I, I don't, a we don't do straight up predictions here all the time but i'm kind of predicting he might have a change of heart he just has that look on his face of what's going on here <laughs> yes i don't know I don't know. It could be, could be wrong. I uh, love it. I love, and I love the um, you see the fact uh, it's what's uh, Adria Arjona is the, is uh, the other uh, performer we're seeing in the trailers as well. Oh, yes. mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, and her mm-hmm.
1: running and she's been running in a lot of the trailers and to see her kind of facing off with them and, and dealing with them. Um, yeah. just kind of adds to some of the importance there, but overall, and, and there's that one shot at the end there, you know, we got some TIE fighters, we got Cassian flying in that uh, sea of red and, um, That one, there's a one shot of a stormtrooper and I just had that weird reaction. I was like, oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Our friends are here. Yeah,
1: that's good.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so more stormtroopers are probably going to go down in this show. Um, there's also this uh, shot toward the end of the older woman from the first trailer uh, with a tear running down her cheek, uh, and it could be trailer-cut magic, but in the trailer, it appears that the droid B2 emo uh, seems to be comforting her. Uh, what was your emotional reaction to this woman, Jennifer? Do you have speculation on who she is? Uh, anything on about that?
5: I don't and I was I was trying to remember it goes by so fast I need to go back and rewatch it. Cassian's grandma I don't know who <laughs> who, is, who is this lady. Mm. Uh, what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I I don't know if it's a direct blood relation or not, but there's just something about this kind of older woman, this person of wisdom, and to see her her in, in the previous trailer, she's saying something along the lines of like this, you know, this is what happens, revolution comes. I'm super super paraphrasing, oh, uh, yeah. but she has like kind of a word of wisdom, and in that she kind of seems like oh, she's this strong voice. So then to see her kind of weeping, I just kind of feel like maybe she is a strong. Uh, family leader, community leader type, uh, Mm -hmm. who is, you know, being broken down by the horror. And we also know that B2 Emo is a and or family droid. So I wonder if she does have a connection to the family. Mm -hmm. Ken, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, I love that we see someone crying around B2 Emo, possibly (laughs) what we all want from this (laughs) droid here. Uh, yeah, you have uh, Fiona Shaw, who's uh, in Killing Eve, among many, many, many other things in this role. And yeah, the the line, that was the key line of that first teaser, right? That's This is the sound of a reckoning, or that's the sound of a reckoning. Yes. Great, great yes. scene, great line. So to see her, her now, and, and clearly affected, I, I kind of took it as someone who was seen and suffered through it all, right? Not just the Empire, but the Clone yeah. War and the dark shadows of the Republic, trying to do right by everyone before that, but maybe sometimes failing, which lead to some of those bigger separatist issues. And, and, and so to me, that she might be there is, thematically to represent that this fight is generational and the next generation is fighting for uh, the to honor those in the past just as much as changing the road ahead and so she was great in the teaser one shot it was really effective to have that person who in the first trailer was like yeah we're gonna fight that's reckoning now is crying which is 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 the burden of this and why you're fighting and that represents a lot in just one little second and one little tear
2: yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I can't wait to spend more quality time with B2 Emo. And on that note, those are kind of like the, the some of the big things that are known. Obviously, we see a lot of shots of characters that we don't fully know who they are, what their relationships are. Uh, but I did want to ask, uh, Jennifer, were there any other characters, moments, or quotes that you wanted to touch on?
5: I can't think of any at the moment, but there was a Planet of the Apes-like character in the background. Yes. 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 Did you yes. see him? Yes. Yes. yes.
2: This is uh he's in uh I believe the species, I have no idea how to say it. It's O N G I D A E. Ungadi, Ungade, Ungude. Uh better known as the uh, security of the Cantobite uh casino Pemon Brunts. That's, That's the species.
5: Yes.
2: Yes, but on quick viewing is like did they paste in uh <laughs> Caesar mm. from Rise of the Planet of the Apes? That's funny. Uh, but it's it's. It, I doubt it is actually Pem and Brunt's who's like, yeah, I fought in the Revolution, and then I became security <laughs> at the Canto Bike Casino. Uh, but it is, I, I think, a continuing um, using some of the new designs that happened in the sequel era uh, to seed these Disney Plus shows.
5: Mm. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking them up now. Okay. There you go. Oh, well, that was fun. Yeah, I always, you know me, I'm always into the aliens and the creatures. So I'm like, where are they? Where are they? Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not too many, not too many, but nope. that's all right. I'm sure we'll get more once the, the show comes out. Well,
1: yeah. Yeah, that was that brought up before, uh, even on our own Force Center Discord the, of the last teaser, like, hey, not a lot of aliens. And, and then you got Michael Scanlon going, yeah, yeah, yeah. We pretty much made another movie. Was it, Sc- yeah, Neil Scanlon. Sorry. not Michael, Neil Scanlon. Uh, yeah, Neil yeah, Scanlon. Right. yeah, We pretty much made another Rogue One movie with all, all the creatures. So they're out there. They're they will all emerge. Hopefully. Hopefully. Front
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did see the the uh, the four person with the oh, the goggle eyes. I, yes. I, once again, my space fantasy pulpy heart was delighted to see some weirdness.
5: Oh, yes. yes. yes with the Gourmanda arms. I was like, all right.
2: <laughs> is this a relative of Gourmanda? This is going to be the best <laughs> clickbait uh, video we could ever do. Uh, is he related to Gourmanda? Uh, Ken, was there any so, other characters or yeah. quotes you wanted to touch yeah. on?
1: I just go to the, the pre-platty. Tony, uh, Tony, Gilroy, we're going to add in this character for the holiday special. What's the holiday special? <laughs> uh, don't worry. Just put the character. <laughs> all right. All right. No, uh, we, we, we covered so much. I thought this is a great trailer. It set the tone. Uh, just the, the ominous stuff going on. So I'll re- rewatch it and come back to this question on further episodes again and again and again.
2: Excellent. Uh, so that's kind of our look at the trailer. I did want to just touch very briefly on the Diego Luna interview mm. on uh, Good Morning America. There are a couple of interesting quotes, but in particular, I wanted to share this one. He's talking about the the shooting process, the filming process. He's and he's he's talking about himself like he's a a, a kid in a in a candy store mm. getting to play, uh, and, he, and he's so charming. Uh, and he says everything is real everything is there we don't work with greens do greens the stuff is built the props work they make noises the pilots are shaking around (laughs) and the host (laughs) even laughed because he's demonstrating he's so into how real it was I also saw there's a recent uh, article from empire also discussing this where he's talking about like yeah there was one shot we just needed one shot but we like climbed for hours up a mountain it's all real how are how are you both feeling about that conversation coming around again Mm -hmm. of, yeah, not much Mm -hmm. CGI. We're not using the volume. This is real. Ken? Yeah,
1: I feel weird commenting on this with this wonderful light and magic series out there, (laughs) (laughs) letting (laughs) us know that none of it was real. It was all magic at studios, right? Uh, Yeah, no, I I love it. Look, I've already seen people say, ah, this show looks the best of all the series and uh, you know, and I'm part of the leader of that sometimes, and I, I don't want to, to spin it against the the folks who are, who are making the other shows or the magic of the volume and, and what can happen with those LED screens. And I guarantee some of it's probably in here, right? I guarantee more than uh, what Diego said, you know, much like I think a Force Awakens. It's all practical. It really wasn't. Um, and I'm fine with that world, right? I'm fine with it. I just – it looks good. It looks bigger. It looks uh, – just looks a little bit more real and that's just the way it is. And I'm excited about it. I know it's not cost effective for every series and, and the tech on the other shows is going to get better and better and better. So I'm confident going forward with all styles, all shows. Uh, but this just makes me excited. I like props that work.
2: Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's great for this uh, show because it is uh, appears to be so much of a story about people who are very grounded, very, Mm -hmm. you know, connected to their environment. Uh, It it makes you feel the pain when the uh, when the Star Destroyer, that was a real Star Destroyer. They flew over those (laughs) hills. No CGI. Uh, No, it, it makes sense for this show. And I'm very curious to see once it all plays out, it's 12 episodes. There's a part of me that thinks it was feasible to do real sets locations because they're being used for multiple episodes, which makes it mm-hmm. much more affordable. It's mm-hmm. not a Star Wars show necessarily that's hopping from planet to planet. You have to build entirely real sets for characters to be in uh, for 60 seconds, one episode, and then never again. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, what are your thoughts on the, the real
5: Yes, I read the Tony Gilroy uh, interview with Empire magazine uh, this morning about that, um, you know, saying they didn't use the stagecraft, the volume mass. They were build, building massive sets at Pinewood, you know, shooting on location. I like both things. Why can't mm-hmm. why, why not both? Right. I, I, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there is something to be said about it being shot on location with these massive sets. It, it will look more consistent with Rogue One. Yeah, so yeah. that in and of itself, to me, I think is is important. Um, but I love The Mandalorian. I love the volume. I love all those shows. I think that it um, allows for some really incredible acting moments that we got, like, say, with Ewan McGregor or, or you know, so I don't know. But there is something also as about an, an actor being able to be on that mountaintop. In, in you know acting, you're there in that mm-hmm. moment. There's no faking, right? There's no uh, there's no LED panels behind you. So there's mm-hmm. that's also great. I, I don't know. I uh, some might say I'm a Libra. I'm not an astrology person, but I am always about balance. <laughs> this is one yeah. of
1: those moments. I was going to say you're, you're the Lutheran of this conversation out in the world. <laughs> yeah, you're like there's, there's many bridges to get there.
2: I think that's great too. And I think that sometimes there's been made too much of celebrating one or the other, right? And and light and magic does drive that home of like, it's so cool to see like they physically made the X wings. Those were all real. And then just so many scenes like, Oh yeah, I I probably knew, but I totally forgot how many things are matte paintings and how Mm -hmm. different is that, that, Oh, they only had a tiny bit of real set and the rest was a painting. That's the same as some of the CGI stuff we talk about, you know? (laughs) So it, it, it really invited me back to to balance it, mm-hmm. some things. It worked great to shoot with more real sets. Some things work great in the volume. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. enjoy the show. Um, I had also uh, written down some quotes from Diego Luna uh, uh, about why they were doing the delay in the three episode release, because uh, he was <laughs> he was just he was just spitting. He was just kind mm-hmm. of uh, uh, trying to, to say, hey, you're going to get it all at once. Uh, I feel like we're going a little bit long, so if it's okay with uh, with uh, you guys, we'll just we'll move past that, and we'll I'm sure we'll have many opportunities to discuss that in the future, and we yeah. already kind of discussed it at the top. So, no. uh, yeah. Ken, I'm going to pass the ball back to you. We're really quickly
1: going to end this show as we always do here on the news show this week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past. Uh, I, I would maybe skip past this too, but I can't miss this opportunity. On August 6, 2001, about nine months ahead of the film's release, the second chapter of the Star Wars saga received its full title: Star Wars Episode II: Attack the Clones. This title has been controversial from this day in 2001 to this very moment. A silly sci-fi title, a wonderful ode to the serial adventures that fueled Georgia's desires to create Star Wars, all the above and more. Let's go back to this day. What were your initial thoughts to the reactions and your reaction to that title? I think we kind of know now, but let's focus on then. Jen, that day, Mm. August 6th, 2001, where were you and what did you say?
5: Oh my gosh, I can't even remember. So far back. I, I do, I do, I will remember this, that the verb attack Right, it's very aggressive. It sounds very action packed. So I remember feeling very excited about that because, as I've expressed before, the Phantom Menace wasn't quite the vibe that I, that I had expected from Star Wars. So I was like, "Oh, maybe this one will be more in line with my expectations." Um, yeah, mm. yeah. So I liked it. It sounded thrilling. That's nice. nice.
1: It's great to look at it. I'll go next because I think it's important that Joseph ends this. uh, thread. I went, what the hell is this dumb title? What is it like a 1950s sci-fi movie? What are we doing here? What's George doing here? So I'd like to say that uh, I used to be dumb. I used to be dumb. I'm not smart now, but I'm uh, at least a little bit (laughs) paused for insights to come into my brain. Yeah, uh, that was kind of the point. And is is it still one of my favorite titles? I don't know. I hate ranking it in titles, but it might come in lower. But at the same time, like you said, Jen, It's pretty much full of action. It pretty much captures the vibe of this wonderfully uh, wild and wondrous and sometimes awkward movie. And uh, (laughs) I've grown with it. I've grown as a person. But on August 6, 2001, (laughs) I think I went, Beep, what the hell? Beep, George, what are you doing to me, man?
2: (laughs) So there you go. Joseph, I must cop to my sins. What about you? Oh, you you had a reaction and you processed it. No sin there. (laughs) Uh, Loved it then. Love it now. It is a part of my soul i love this Mm -hmm. so it was the clones part of it right of just like hey yeah the the clone wars coming in these prequels eventually right i've been wondering (laughs) about this for years here we go it's the the the, uh, promise fulfilled in the title and then the fact that it was called attack of the clones, I've never had an issue with the part of Star Wars that is a B-movie, that is a pulpy serial adventure. I am so used to uh comic books. Every comic book I read would have a title, of, like Baptism of Fire. Every other Doctor Who serial is uh, of doom or of death is the title. You know, blank of blank. It's To me, it's what I want. I understand that like, some people bump up against it, but to me, I had to like look around and be like, why? Why are people upset? It's like you're eating a piece of pizza and like, why is there cheese and tomato sauce? Like, well, that's usually (laughs) what a pizza is. This is what it is. Uh, That that's where I go in my darkest moments because I just feel like it's not an aberration. It's a huge part of what Star Wars is. It is the big myth. It is this deep emotional story. It's a million things, Uh, but at its beginning, Star Wars is a B movie serial. Mashed up with uh, with myth, um, and mm-hmm. I just love and continue to celebrate that side of Star Wars. So, thank you, Attack of the Clones.
1: Hey, and thank you. For All of you allow me to have uh, some growth over the years. You didn't know me back then, but thank you for having me. Well said, Joseph. Uh, That is exactly what I wanted to hear. This day in history coming up this week, August 6, 2001. All right, that is it. We are out for this week. Thank you all for letting us talk about this and or trailer. We loved it. We are the Force Center Podcast feed. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Thank you to all who watched our live Q&A last Friday. We like doing those about once a month. Uh, We appreciate your support. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Uh, you can listen to us on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more merch available, tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Center. You can find me at catnapsuck or go to catnapsuck.com. For more, Jen, where can they find you?
5: You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa. TikTok, Jennifer Landa 1138. I have a couple videos out now, some from Italy. And yeah, I'll have more on the way. <laughs>
1: absolutely all right joseph you
2: yeah you can find me instagram tiktok and twitter at joseph grimshaw and you can check out my website joseph for all my other comedy adventures if you're planning on going to the convention in minneapolis convergence uh you can go to joseph grimshaw.com slash live shows to check out my full schedule at convergence including a new stand-up show i'm real excited about all that on joseph
1: Check it out. That is it. So for Luthen and Cassian Yndor getting all up in that rebellion. We'll see you next time here on Force Center.